the flashing girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast where we talk about 90s hit sitcom The Nanny. Sorry, I'm Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Chris Sheffield. What? What? Oh, I what? Hate, I hate how I said that, but oh, well, we got to keep, keep it moving. I'm here with... <laughs> I hated that more. (laughs) I hated whatever you just did. Uh, This week, we are talking about uh, The Nanny, season two, episode 22, which is crazy to think about. This episode is called What the Butler Sang. Um, And this is the episode in which... Everyone, for the first time ever, after knowing Niles their entire lives, with the exception of Fran, knows that learns that Niles has a beautiful singing voice. Yeah. Well, and- it's also the episode where Fran's sister Nadine comes to stay. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah. So they 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 notice that Niles has a great singing voice, and they want to uh, have him stand in to to sing um, in one of Mister Sheffield's presentations. And then the B, I guess the B plot is that um, uh, Mr. Sheffield needs a caterer for the same presentation. And so Fran is like, let's hire my sister. See, I think the, I I would have described it as the A plot is Fran's sister comes to stay. And the B plot is uh, Mr. Sheffield and Niles. Uh, Also, I have a, well, we'll get there, but I have a basic sort of theater world related question of there were some terms being used and I didn't really know what they meant, but I Ooh, had a feeling you I will. did. I, I did I, know. I know okay. exactly what you're talking about. And I <laughs> did know. And all I right. was like, Ooh, I wonder if anyone knows what this is. All right. We'll get there. Okay. Um, but so this, as Sean said, this episode starts with Fran coming into the kitchen. Niles is singing away to himself and she's sort of like, Oh my gosh, Niles. Like I had no idea you had this great, voice and she also establishes in this scene that she just got off the phone with her sister nadine and nadine's husband has just left her and fran's like oh i feel so bad i wish that i could figure out a way you know to finagle her to come stay with us for a couple days um i also have a note where i was like don't you think it's kind of weird like i even though fran has actually mentioned she has a sister i think previously i still feel like she's an only child in this yeah so do i so do i because they don't mention her quite enough and the mother almost never mentions Fran's sister, even when talking about like you and your sister. Like when my mom refers to my childhood, it's always you and your sisters. It, you, you know what I mean? It's very rarely yeah. just like talking about me in this isolated, even though I'm, I was an only child for eight years. It's still like, that was just eight years. And then you my kids. sisters are in their thirties. Yeah. So. It's like you kids. And yes. also, you know, we even had a whole episode, you know, uh, take back your mink where it's like, they're going over the wheel and you know, the whole family's huddled around it. And we never even mentioned that Fran has a sister who might come into play. So I get it. Like, you know, I don't really fault them for it, but I was like, Oh, I kind of have to like kind of recontextualize this family structure because so in my I- head, it's just been like mom, dad and Fran. But um, so yes, then we, we have this, like this, all, all the things that we're going to talk about come in before the opening credits, a lot happens to set yeah. up this episode because then um, Mr. Sheffield and Cece come in and they establish that a line singer for a backers audition. And these are all words that feel, if they feel foreign to my mouth, it's because they are. And I'm going to ask Sean <laughs> what this all means. A line singer for a backers audition has 
backed out and they're in desperate need of a replacement. And so Fran's like, oh, like you should use Niles. Like he actually is an amazing voice. And they listen to him sing and they're like, oh, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. And this is where Fran has her little like moment of manipulation where she's like, oh, but you know, if, if Niles is busy helping you, Who's gonna cook for us? Oh, I do wish we knew a caterer. And and Mr. Sheffield's like, it's fine. Isn't your sister Nadine a caterer? And she's like, oh, my gosh, like you're right. So so we established within literally like two minutes that Niles can sing. He's going to be helping Mr. Sheffield and Cece with the Becker's audition. Fran's sister has been left by her husband, and she's gonna come stay at the mansion for a few days to help cook. These are my questions for you. What is a? I'm assuming a line singer is just somebody in the chorus. But what is a backers audition? Okay, well, backers audition is pretty much what it sounds like, right? So, it is the production auditioning the show for backers to put their money into the show. So it's like <clears throat> they haven't mounted anything yet. They haven't built any sets. They haven't built any costumes. They what they've probably been doing is they've probably been. Um, working on the script. They probably have a rehearsal space. They've probably been bringing in cast to, uh, to do auditions and now they need some money, right? So they get a bunch of people together. They get, um, they get random, like four hire performers who they pay just for this appearance. They teach them what they have to know. And then they go like, okay, we're going to do like a couple of songs or a medley from the show, but we need, great singers to fill in these parts to not for their performance, but to sell to the money people like, Hey, money guys, look at how great this can be and how beautiful these songs can sound and how moving this show could be. So, Ah, okay. And that's why it's so easy for someone to just pull out because it's not like they're cast in the show. They probably will never be cast in the show. It is just like a gig. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't realize there was that additional step of work before getting fully off the ground. Man, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. I mean, this is why shows, this is why musicals take like so wow. long in development because there's, you know, there's also like a lot that goes on where they're just performing this show as many times as they can without even their full final cast to figure out if the show even works, you know? Wow. wow. But so in, in this episode, this leads to the next scene where Nadine shows up um, and it makes me laugh because there's a, a very, very long doorbell ring and Fran goes, it's Nadine. She's a leaner. <laughs> um, and uh, her sister is played by an actress named Ellen Ratner, who you might have seen her. She's a woman who like pops up in a lot of stuff and she's had a very long storied career in different tv shows like not necessarily ever as a series regular but kind of exactly as a part like this you know she comes in and she and fran kind of like are are rehashing ellen ratner what did i say nadine that's the character's name oh ellen ratner ellen ratner so um you know nadine and fran are kind of like just talking about the relationship issues and how you know barry's left her and she doesn't care and she's over it and and um they they kind of have a very a nice natural rapport. They're two very funny actresses together who play off each other well. So it's kind of a nice, um, you know, a nice, I think, casting choice. And she sort of has a bar- almost like a Barbara Streisand vibe, I would say, um, which might just be a Brooklyn-y, Queens, New York woman vibe. <laughs> um, but so then we cut to them up in Fran's room and they're just, you know, trying on clothes and they're just doing sisterly they're stuff. They're being sisters, yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, 
Gracie and Maggie come running and fighting. Um, and, you know, Fran breaks it up and they're like, you know, you guys be nice to each other because you want to, you know, you want to have each other in your lives later, just like Nadine and me. And then no sooner does she say that, do uh, Maggie and Gracie leave. And then Fran and Nadine end up getting in like a slap fight that culminates with Nadine tossing Fran on the bed while screaming, get in the pool, and then pulling her hair while Fran is screaming, ma. It was very funny. It was like, you know, choreographed physical comedy. You yes, know. from our, from our, one of our favorites, Lee Shalat Shamel. Shalat Shamel. Lee Shalat Shamel. Um, and then we get to the midpoint of this episode in a way that is actually very well-placed and well-paced relative to what we usually see from the nanny i was like wow well done um and by the way this was this episode is written by diane wilk which you know who we've we've seen before um but basically right around the midpoint of the episode we established that fran is getting a little irked by nadine's presence because nadine has been staying with them for a few Mm -hmm. days and she basically Mm -hmm. tells niles like you know what you know she's always wanted everything that i have like my clothes my boyfriends like you know and and i'm realizing that like that's that's popping up again here and like literally we see that like nadine comes down the stairs and is in a literal matching bathrobe as fran and this is when nadine reveals well she's like you know well if there's nothing going on between you and mr sheffield then you won't mind if i go after him and you're like ooh, like this just took a really interesting turn like Fran's sister shows up and she's like, well, there's no reason that I shouldn't go for this handsome available guy if you're not going to go for him, which I think is like a very great, it's a really nice device to maybe like um, put into focus how Fran feels as a character about Mr. Sheffield. Like I I thought it was like, it was smart. It was well-placed. It actually did like raise the stakes of this situation. And I wasn't even expecting it really. Like it didn't feel like one of those things where you're like, oh, I get why they're doing this to lead us to this you know it just it was well plotted and that leads to the next day nadine is like literally cooking in the kitchen and she's wearing like a tight skirt and a mm-hmm. tight top and she's like <laughs> shamelessly flirting with mr sheffield who's like obviously oblivious and she's like oh mr sheffield come try this bubala and fran is like so not happy she's like sulking and like literally she tries the thing that nadine made and she spits it out in the sink and she's like Ugh sorry, I just got a huge glob of fat. Like she just can't, she's just like, so like clearly jealous and irked by this whole thing um, in this very realistic way. And she tries to point it out to Mr. Sheffield and he like a classic Mr. Sheffield. He's so oblivious. And he actually says, he's like, Oh, Miss Fine. He's like, you're off your rocker. Thank God you're not operating any any machinery. And then he's like, just raising my children. (laughs) 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 Um, And then um, I feel like I feel like I'm doing all the talking, but I feel like this episode just sort of goes along like a little. That's that's the thing is 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 this episode's structure is like pretty tight in that like Mm -hmm. everything is sort of it's one of those episodes where it's it's a lot of it is character based. So you're getting Mm -hmm. just like a lot of like back and forth and a lot of jokes, a lot of like um, quips. And there are only like, I think like five distinctive scenes in this episode. Mm -hmm. They're they're just longer and there's more happening in them. Um, I had a lot of like lines that I really liked. Yeah. I also really want to know what happened to Fran Drescher's hand in real life. Oh, oh, I'll get you there. I got you. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. Cause Um, I, I immediately wrote down like, I I immediately flagged that as like, Oh, that was clearly like a production incident. 
And, yeah, well, so basically, um, uh, they had read a line for some context. Um, Fran Drescher, the actor, her hand is like bandaged during this whole episode. Um, and they they sort of like make a little joke about it, where when Mister Sheffield's like, "Well, if Niles is hap- is helping me for a little while, Miss Fine, why don't you do the cooking?" And she kind of raises her bandaged hand and she goes, "I mean, this is me making a couple Liptons, like you know, to say like I can't do the cooking, but you know, it, it clearly was not really." It was clearly something they had to write in to justify, not, yeah. it's not, yes. you know, really part of the episode. Exactly. Um, but so then, again, this episode, it just really flows well uh, linear- linearly. So after Nadine makes it clear she wants to go after Mr. Sheffield and Fran's clearly, you know, not happy with that, we cut to that evening and Mr. Sheffield, he's uh, in his bedroom getting ready for bed. It's the first time we've ever seen this room. It is fancy AF. Like, <laughs> it is so it, it actually looks like it belongs in a different house based on the bedroom that Fran lives in. Like they really make her slum it based on. Yeah. His, yeah. You know, like a Hugh Hefner. Ass well, the, the kids too, we've seen the kids rooms and you're like, yeah. why do the kids rooms look so normal? <laughs> yeah. But so he's getting into bed and then he hears a voice behind him being like hungry. And it's Nadine in a full sort of like slinky like night purple night dress and she's literally holding a rack of lamb and she's like i thought you might want a snack before bed <laughs> and he like he looks horrified because he's not expecting her to see there fran walks by and she's like she's like good night mr sheffield good night nadine <gasps> nadine and she like runs into the room and she's like what are you doing here and she literally she and fran's in a bathrobe and she's like look at you just like you're over 30 and desperate cover yourself up so she yanks off her own bathrobe and throws it on her sister to reveal that she's wearing the exact, the exact same. same yeah the exact same <laughs> dress. and then she like sheepishly looks at mr sheffield and she's like there was a two-for-one sale <laughs> um and he, of course, like, you know, he kicks them both out, um, but not before Niles sees this. He, like, walks by and sees Mr. Sheffield between two sisters. Should I get literally. you an extra pillow? <laughs> yes. And he's like, go to bed, Niles. And he's like, I'm actually not sleepy, sir. Like, trying to, like, get in on whatever might be happening. Um, and then, so, yes, Mr. Sheffield kicks them both out and is just clearly, like, you know, a little unhappy with all of this. I, by the way, I love hornball Niles. I love it. I think it's so funny. Horny well, Niles being like, I'm not that tired. Let me get in there with you. Well, the thing is, I think we like it because as we've established, we don't like genuinely hornball Niles. We like when Niles is a, is almost like aware that Mr. Sheffield is in a very uncomfortable position and he's just kind of turning the knife. Like, remember when he uh, sees Mr. Sheffield and Fran wrestling on her bed trying to get that sweater off of her and they're like, get it off me. Like, I'm so hot. And he literally is like, can I tell Miss Cece? Can I tell Miss Babcock about this? Yes. You know, it's it's not him actually being like, I jerk it to the Victoria's Secret catalog. <laughs> it's, it's more like a devilish, yes. like, oh, I I know that you're uncomfortable, <laughs> sir, and like I'm going yes. to make it worse for you. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Agreed. But so the then we cut to the next day and Niles is getting ready for this backers audition. And it's, he's literally, Mr. Chef is like, are you nervous, old man? And, and Niles is like, no, not really. And again, super oblivious, Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, I hate backers auditions. So much pressure, so much riding on it. So many jobs on the line. And then he walks away. <laughs> Niles instantly looks terrified. Um, 
And then we we cut back to the kitchen, uh, or we cut to the kitchen, and Fran and Nadine are are in there getting all the food ready for this like uh, backers event, and and Fran is is literally berating Nadine. She's like, you know, if Mom saw what her eldest daughter had been up to last night, like she'd be mortified. And they're going back and forth and back and forth, and then um, literally the doorbell rings, and it's another very long, uh, like annoying ring and nadine looks at fran and goes you called barry <laughs> which i thought was like a funny yeah. a funny note and, and barry is nadine's husband and she's yeah. like you have got to face this nadine like you've got to like you know clean up your dirty laundry and figure this out so barry the husband comes in and he's this you know he's a blue he's like does someone need a ac repair and then he's like nadine fran and he realized he's been kind of tricked as well and he and Nadine start fighting and we find out that basically like the biggest point of tension in their marriage is that she, he no longer gets her home cooking, but she's quote, given it out all to half a long Island. Yeah. So there's just this like, you know, her cooking and like sex <laughs> metaphor joke, but it seems like they're genuinely talking about cooking, <laughs> even though, yeah. you know, the whole joke is like, you know, you used to give it to me every night and now you're giving it to everybody else. Um, and we, they're fighting. He's great, um, by the way. I love that, oh, yeah. that character actor. Was he so was funny. he was so funny. <laughs> it only gets it gets so much funnier because um, you know Niles is in the other room and he starts to sing his song, which I believe was written for this episode. This is not you know a that, song. Do you know who that actor is? No. By who? the way, that the the guy who played uh, ba- ba- the husband Ron oh. Orbach. He is the DMV guy in the car with Cher and Clueless. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, that's how like most people would probably recognize him as he was in. I mean, he's he's been in like a million TV shows. He's 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 all over the place. He's a character oh, actor, but yeah. he was yeah he was the guy in the car with in with Cher and Clueless when she fails her driving. Test. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, um, that's great. Um, I was there another. Oh well, yeah, we had um, Wallace Shawn on also from Clueless uh, recently, but so um, they're fighting in the kitchen. Niles is starting to sing, you know, his big moment um, in the living room in front of all these in- potential investors. And he's singing this song that I looked it up because I'd never heard it before. I'm pretty sure it was just written for this episode. Well, yeah, because um, I think it's supposed to be an original piece for the musical that they're making. Interesting. interesting. You know, like, and, and that's what the backers audition would be, you know, is, is, is you'd be showing the backers what this show is. It's tip- like you pr- probably don't have to have as intensive a backers audition if you're doing say Annie or like my fair lady or something. Yes. Because it's Uh, like, they know what the songs are and how it can sound. Then it becomes about like, well, what's the vision and who's the cast and all that. Makes sense. Um, But so he's having his big moment in the spotlight and no sooner is that happening. Does, does Nadine run out? Like basically the, Nadine and Barry have gotten into such a fight that she runs out into the other room and he chases her and Fran chases them. So we have this incredible um, scene of physical comedy where Niles is singing. And if you, if the you know listeners can imagine, he's standing in front of the piano in the living room. The backers are all sitting in the living room, which has kind of been converted into this like, you know, little seating area. And in the the hallway behind the piano where there is like, there's these glass doors that you can open and shut. You see Barry, Nadine and Fran appear and they start screaming at each other. And then you, Fran gets in the middle of them and she literally screams. She goes, shut up, both of you. Mr. Sheffield is out there with a bunch of rich people trying to shake them down for money. 
when you realize they suddenly realize that everyone can see and hear them. So they just start to try to dance to the music as if they're part of the show. It's great. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Niles is registering this is happening behind him, but he's trying to keep it going. And then it all gets heightened because (laughs) Cece goes, don't worry, Maxwell, I will handle this quietly. <laughs> At which point she runs off like a mad woman screaming, hey, fine. And then Mr. Sheffield chases her. So then we cut back to Niall singing and we just see Nadine, Fran, and Barry look at each, like see someone running towards them. So they start running. We then see we see Cece chasing them and they leave the frame. And then we see them all one by one running back the other way because now Mr. Sheffield is chasing them from the other way. It was great, man. It was, it was, I mean, Lee Chamel always directs the best physical comedy on this show. I think I'm prepared now to just say it's the best physical comedy episodes are always her. It's always her. It's every episode we see where it has some really well executed bit. Um, always ends up being a Chamel episode. And th- this had like elements of like Benny Hill. Yeah, it's like a French farce. And like, like a, a French door comedy. Yeah. Now, like what's interesting about that is um, the episode, uh, the episode title, um, what the butler sang is a reference to a two act farce, a British farce called what the butler saw. Yes, um, yes. And I think that this is an attempt to just mimic all of these types of farces, you know, mm-hmm. these like uh, everyone's trying to do a thing and people are going all over the place. And there's, you know, this, you know, uh, uh, like all of these things unfolding while someone else is trying to do something very serious. Pretty great. Yes. I mean, this is the kind of thing, for example, like my father, Englishman, Benny Hill devotee, like would have lo- like this would have been such a delight of an episode for like anyone who has that sort of comedic sensibility mm-hmm. um this culminating in all this so then you know it literally ends with you know the, everyone's running one by one into frame and then you see mr sheffield literally dragging uh fran by her nostrils which is a callback to something that nadine used to do to her as a kid which was referenced earlier so then we cut to them all in the kitchen where he is like miss fine like what is going on um and in this moment, um, Nadine and Barry end up actually kind of reconciling because Barry's like, oh, like, so this is the new man you're cooking for? Like, hmm, like this guy? And then, you know, sh- he he kind of airs his grievances with their marriage. And Nadine's like, you're right, Barry. Like, I've been neglecting you from now on. Like, you're going to get it whenever you want, right on the kitchen table. And again, there's this whole, like, you <laughs> know, food. food. Yeah. Because, like, you know, she's like, she looks at Fran and Mr. Chevy and she's like, he's got to have it four times, four to five times a day. And then Fran's like, really? And she, like, nods to Mr. Sheffield. She's like, he's satisfied with a piece of toast and a, co- and a poached egg. And then he rolls over and falls asleep. And then Mr. Sheffield's literally like, okay, like, ass- like, assuming we're still talking about food like get this catering out there like you've already ruined my like my life but then Cece comes running in and again she is so friggin funny like like her the way she runs in she's like Maxwell she goes two things and she's sort of like she started to do this thing where when she like throws herself excitedly into things with like literally no vanity like when she's delivering it's very Kramer-esque yes it's yes that's exactly what it is it's very Kramer-esque where she'd like well Bumble into a room. She's and like, like blah, blah, blah. Yes. And she, she goes two things, and she goes, firstly, they hated Niles' songs. 
I get to tell him. <laughs> and then she's like, secondly, they loved that whole comedy thing that was going on. They're throwing money at us. And she like, but she doesn't have that. She's like, they're throwing money at us. And then she runs back out. So, yeah. so we have this, again, this very sick commie resolution where the thing that seemed like a disaster has actually been like this really great advantage to them. So, so everything yeah. gets resolved. Nadine's going to go home with Barry reconciled. Mr. Sheffield's going to get the money for his backing audition. And like, that's how we, we literally wrap it up. And then we, we do have, um, and the kids, Fran- not in this episode at all, right? There, they, There's one short scene with each of the kids. You know, Brighton has a line, wh- which has nothing to do so with weird. anything else. I mean, I guess you just, you know, it's you can't have an episode that focuses on everybody all the time. Like, e- like yeah. Even like dr- hour-long dramas do that, where it's like, you know, you'll kind of have subplots that circle around some of the characters for a while, and then you yeah. switch focus. Yeah. But, you know, that was the episode. It was very funny. It was, it was very funny. It was such a breeze. Yeah, this was a very funny episode. And, you know, like we said, it's like, it's a hard one to discuss before we get to like favorite lines, because a lot of the best parts of this episode were just like the quippy back and forth. like the entire sex slash food exchange that happened was like so well written and so funny. I I mean, I love that. I love that entire exchange. I I love the writing in that scene. And when an episode is really tight plot wise, like you re- realistically can describe it in three sentences. Like there's when it's overly complicated and stuff is sort of like shoehorned in to make other stuff work. That's when we have to be like, but then this is also happening and this is also yes. happening. But this it's like, yeah, Fran's sister comes to say she throws herself at Mr. Sheffield and complicate and you know And, and everything gets complicated. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But so in, um, okay, should we go to segments? We should go to segments. And now segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. All right, so favorite lines, uh, favorite moments. Fav- favorite lines and moments. I, so have, uh, I have two that stand out. Like, my two favorite things that happened in this episode is the term, it... <laughs> Uh, it's Fran's sister talking about her husband, and she says he couldn't perform his animal husbandry. <laughs> his uh, animal husbandry doodle. Which is a- my an- animal husbandry duties. Yes, his animal husbandry duties, which is my new favorite term for like sex <laughs> in a marriage. Animal <laughs> husbandry duties. I... I, I died. I thought it was so funny. I, and, and you're then, like, is she, is she, is she using it in a clever knowing way? Or does she genuinely not know what animal husbandry is? I, I, think, I think she it genuinely, was a joke. I, oh. Do you, you think it was the character making a joke, not the character misunderstanding what something is? <sighs> I don't know. Actually, it's a toss up. You're right. They probably didn't know what it was. She probably doesn't know what it was. Right. It was still a very funny line. It was a great line. Um, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then I also really liked uh, Fran saying to the kids, "Be nice to your sister because someday you may need an or no, to, it's to Brighton, right? No, no, it's to, it's oh, no, to Gracie it's and to, Maggie. It's to right, right. She goes, "Be nice to your sister because someday you may need an organ, and your brother is a different blood type." <laughs> yes, that was funny. That was, uh, my favorite line was literally like um, in the first two minutes of the episode when Fran is talking about Nadine and she goes, 
Like I wanted her to come stay with us. You know, I, I owe her a lot. We shared a womb and she was 13 pounds. After her, mom was like a water slide. Why do you think I have such a beautiful forehead? <laughs> <laughs> like the whole, the whole idea that like, oh, like I'm so, I, I was like unmarred because my giant sister stretched my mom's vagina. Like it's just so funny. Like, it was so funny and like what a creative joke. I, I just liked it a lot. Yes, very and, creative joke. You know what it made me think of when Peter Mark Jacobson was saying how like he was very, very like almost militant about making sure that every line should come from that character. Like yeah. no generic jokes. I was like perfect. You know, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's like this episode is a great example of I think what he was talking about, which is like, you know, specificity, the, the specificity of all of these characters and all of the jokes is what makes this episode sing. I mean, be nice to your sister someday, because you made it in an organ and your brother is a different blood type is all character specific, like and <laughs> hilarious, a hilarious line, but all character specific. It's great. Mm hmm. Um, I also laugh. I already mentioned this, but I laugh really hard when Nadine is throwing herself at. Um, oh, sorry. When when Fran tells Mister Sheffield that Nadine is throwing her herself at him, and he goes, "I already said this," but he's like, "You're off your rocker. Thank God you're not operating any heavy machinery." And then, like to himself, <laughs> "Just raising my children. <laughs> Just raising my children." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my two favorites. Yep. Um, trivia. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to quickly do Yiddish only because we have, we've already heard this line. Uh, yes. They go, I can't believe we were raised by mom and didn't become a couple of yentas, um, which is uh, a phrase we've discussed. It is a Yiddish word that means busybody. Um, and like, you know, a, a, you know, a person who talks about everybody else. And yeah. Um, okay. So Nanny trivia, we were circling back to this, this, this tidbit was actually brought to our attention by a really knowledgeable listener. Um, her Instagram is La Petite Sparks. Um, mm. She has worked in media and TV for uh, I think like 20 years. And so sometimes Ooh. she'll share really interesting stuff with us over Instagram when it pops up. I really got to had- check that Instagram more often. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I'm glad um, I no. didn't because this is fun. <laughs> now exactly. I'm going to learn something. Yeah. No, no, and it makes my job easier. So mm-hmm. don't check it. Um, <laughs> so the gauze on her hand was um, because she, Fran Drescher, the actress, was doing a photo shoot for TV Guide. And someone handed her like a cup of boiling water and it spilled on her. Oh. Yeah. So so she really did have gauze on her hand. I thought you were going to say she was doing a, a, a photo shoot for TV Guide and she needed to slice open her hand. <laughs> a blood sacrifice <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that was the other version that <laughs> tv guide was like we want to do this cool thing where you're like slicing open your hand and like dribbling blood down onto a plate she's like why <laughs> uh well yeah and um when we get to an episode where they film on location in paris um this this listener also seems to have some very you know potentially interesting insider knowledge so um oh, i'm sweet. definitely gonna circle back Ooh, la, la. Um, yeah I'm, I'm excited for that you know paris what? <laughs> Ooh la la. I, I don't understand. Parlez vous français? Bonjour. Uh, thank you. That's all the French we know. Um, no, no. Vous la vous couchez avec moi? Ce soir? This was also the first episode we ever saw Mr. Sheffield's bedroom in, which mm-hmm. is something that often happens in each new season of a show. Typically, you get like you know, like every season gets a budget for all of the departments. 
And like, so your first season, you, you know, build all your sets. That first season, you're always in the red because you've built everything. You've spent a lot of money. And then you're trying to like, um, amortize those costs throughout the season. So like you're using the same sets and, 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 and sometimes recycling the same costumes. Um, and then the second season comes around, especially if the show's done well, you get more money and then everyone's budget gets refilled. Mm -hmm. So typically it's like, well, cool. Now we don't have to rebuild like any of these sets. We can like, you know, zhuzh them up a little bit if we want, but like we can build new locations now to then go back to. So like, like I have a feeling that we will see Mr. Sheffield's bedroom now a lot more often, um, um, because they were able to build it, you know? Yeah. And Fran, you know, they kind of even, um, reference this internally in the episode where Fran, you know, after she and, you know, after Nadine has gotten kicked out of the bedroom and Fran is outstaying her welcome in the bedroom, she's like, oh, she's like, I've never actually been in your bedroom before. She's like, it's got a very octopusy vibe. And he's like, get out. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say, though, did you notice that, you know, um, there also there's this song that I think it was also written just for the episode, but I could be wrong where we first get it where Niles is looking at himself, his reflection in like a reflective pie plate. And he's like, you're a star, the greatest star. And then at the end of the episode, Fran Drescher looks at herself in like a in the, a knife or like a pie cutter. And she's also singing, you're the greatest star. And then she looks at the camera and goes, give me a raise do it today <laughs> and yeah it, it was very winky like at the network almost yeah. um in a very funny way um okay so also for the friend or the cc i thought hey let's do the friend or the nadine Ooh, let's mix it up i love um, it i love I, it i said I'm the Fran because I would I would never throw myself at someone nor even voice interest in them, even if I was desperately in love. So I think I'm the Fran and the Mr. Sheffield, maybe. Hmm. I mean, I also don't, don't. I'm not. I don't do that. Mm, aren't you a little bit? <laughs> no, I don't know. Actually, I like I like you. No, I you think mean, we're both far just too cold. Go up to someone or like like, no. like you've never been the first person in a relationship to be like. I have feelings for you. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I would, I would never ever do that because I am so afraid of being humiliated. To, to me, this is a problem. This is something I should work on. Hmm. I think I am like, oh no, if they don't like me back or like they don't want to go on a date with me back, like that's humiliating. Wait, but what about, so you're just talking about like asking someone out. Basically. Well, but that's what she was sort of doing, yeah, right? She, I, she, no, she, I'm the yeah. same way. I, yeah. I, it is why never once in my entire life have I ever met a girl at like a club, a bar, party, like any of those things. Like everyone I've ever dated has been someone that I'm like friends with, you know, but, or like but, knew from a friend group. I, I could never just cold be like, hello, how you doing? Want to go on well, a date sometime? I, but for no. you and Liz, like, you guys were friends first. She made the first move. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like, who, she, who she, was Elizabeth like, Elizabeth hey. made the first move. Yes. And like, I'm very much like that. Even if I'm like hanging out with someone and like, they have to make it very clear that they're interested or I will act very uninterested Same. because I, I feel like I'm in there. And which is, by the way, any of the younger listeners reading, uh, reading, <laughs> reading the transcripts because we <laughs> died. I know reading the, listening to this, that's actually a very bad way to be. It's, it's totally, terrible. it's very mature to actually just tell someone how you feel and the yeah. worst thing, don't be embarrassed. And it's actually not embarrassing to like someone. It's yeah. fine. Elizabeth, but, Elizabeth, uh, 
you know, I, although I said I love you first, but at that point we were already like dating a bunch and I don't have any problem showing my emotions once I'm like dating someone. It's just, it's totally. just the humiliation of being rejected is very, very painful. So totally. I just stopped doing it after like middle school, you know? Yes. Yes. Like, so I was like, you know, I am, de- I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not quite the friend, but I'm definitely not the Nadine. No, I'm not be- that bold. No, 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 no. Because again, I'm uh, very stunted. (laughs) But again, don't be like Sean's and Toria's listeners. Just it's it's totally actually very cool and very mature to just say, hey, I'm feeling this. It's cool if you are not, but I I wanted to be clear, you know? I also like that Cece doesn't know what Niles' last name is. (laughs) (laughs) No, but no, oh, wait, that's actually something I was going to reference. That's an ongoing joke of the series. We never get Niles' last name. name. So when she's introducing him to these backers, she goes, and like here to sing a song for you is Niles De Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Niles De Butler. Um, And uh, oh, oh, wait, another line. It was, this is actually. Niles uh, dissing Cece after she's actually nice to him. So at first, when um, not, when Fran is like, you should really use Niles for this audition. He's great. He's really great. Mr. Chavale's like, mm, no, I don't know. I don't know. Like he's he's really not considering it. And then Niles just kind of belts out several lines of a song, you know, very yeah. impressively. And and Cece, to her credit, puts her, any personal beef they have aside, and she goes, Maxwell. That no, she goes. That was actually really good. Um, yeah. And Niles literally goes, <laughs> "That's what she says to herself in the bedroom every night." Yeah, <laughs> or in the bedroom alone every night, yeah, insinuating yeah. that like she basically pleasures herself, and then and, says, then, and then exclaims, "That was so good!" <laughs> yeah, to, like Maxwell, that was so good. And I was like, "God, like harsh." She's yeah, she's dude. actually pushing she's for unru- you here. It, listen, Niles is unrelenting. Mm-hmm. That's why we love him. Yeah, but I mean, hey, as as you pointed out again, back to that uh, uh, Peter Mark Jacobs interview when we talked about how um, the an attribute of a good um, uh, ha- not head writer. What am I thinking of? Showrunner. Uh, showrunner is you accept all good ideas no matter who they come from. Yeah. And I was like, you know, CC, uh, credit to Cece. She she was yeah. more interested in like the. Um, the success of their show than her personal beef with Niles. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, by the way, by the way, if for some reason you're just discovering this podcast and you do, you're like, I just really want to know about what the Butler sang episode. Um, we we did an we're referencing an interview we did with Peter Mark Jacobs. So scroll back through; it's a season two bonus episode. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the last one we did. The, oh, no, no, you're right. No, I had oh, it under control. How many times will will the fact that we record these in advance confuse me? <laughs> um, yeah, so just scroll back through the the channel, the feed, wherever you're looking at it. And, uh, and you'll find that interview. It's a great, great, he was a great interview. He was so gracious with his time and basically let us ask like any question we had, like from mm-hmm. smart to like dumb, nerdy <laughs> questions, you know? So, um, yeah. Um, okay. And then I guess, well, that's it. We We're did good. Friend, we did the friend or the Nadine this week. I like that we change it up. Yeah, some, it's so sometimes funny. it makes sense. When you first suggested it, I genuinely had this moment of like, oh no, can we do this? <laughs> 
<laughs> we're breaking all the rules, people. Guess what, Sean? We yeah. can do whatever we want because this is our show. I'll never get over it. Um, <sighs> if you like what you heard, please leave us a good review and a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts because that's that's the business right there. And subscribe on Spotify if you're listening over there or or not. And then if you want to find us on um, the social medias, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Oh Mr. Chef Pod. That's Chef with two Fs, Oh Mr. Mm-hmm. Chef Pod. Um, and yeah, to drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Toria is always putting clips of the show up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can see that there. And thank you for listening as always. Toria, what are you going to do this week? Anything fun? I'm going to the zoo. Whoa. I'm going to the zoo. I'm so excited. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely not follow up on that next week when we do this episode. So have fun at the zoo. Oh, I will. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. The flashy girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine.